from the banks of the Avon, this is Black Sheep Rebranded, the place where you never have to worry about fitting in or being accepted. All are welcome. The leader of our pack is Rick Sherwood. He's willing to share with us his take on this crazy world. His insights come from not only his experience as a psychotherapist, but also his many life experiences. His hope is to help us live our best lives as we continue on our own ever-changing personal journey. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear what's on his mind today. Good afternoon, beautiful people. Welcome to Black Sheep Rebranded. And I am your host, Rick Sherwood. And today I have been asked, Rebecca and I kicked this around for the last few days and discussed. Um, and, and, and coming into the holiday season, and, 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 and quite honestly, it doesn't matter whether the holiday season is the summertime or whether the holiday season is Christmas. But that is what we're talking about. We're talking about the fall Thanksgiving, Christmas, we're talking about family, we're talking about the pressures that people put on us, and they decide our limits. So why is it that folks who do not live with inside our bodies often, and inside our minds, often are looking around and going, oh my dear God, I know your limits better than you. And people all the time say, well, you can't do that. Well, you don't know how to do this. How can you do that? That is ridiculous. I cannot believe this. And so one of the funniest stories that, that comes to my mind along this line is I had a guy a number of years ago, and um, he uh, wanted to buy a pickup. And his parents, uh, when he bought this pickup, his ex-wife, his now ex-wife, said, you you are buying what? No, you're you're not a pickup guy. No, no, you, you are a, a, a Volkswagen driving car guy you are not a pickup guy and his parents said to him the exact same thing and 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 so he's sitting here in therapy the one day and and, you know and so when i when i say therapy i say that very loosely yeah i am a psychotherapist however um what i refer to refer to what i do is chatting we chat and we solve your problems and what's going on in the world um so we're sitting here and we're chatting and we're chatting about uh, life and we're ta- chatting about all of the challenges of life and all of the things that are going on about life and all of the, the intricacies and all of the nuances of it. And he says to me, he says, am I a pickup guy? And I said, well, why not? Why can't you be a pickup guy? And he said, well, my parents told me I'm not a pickup guy. And and my 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 wife, because at that time he was still married, and my wife said, I'm not a pickup guy. And I said, dude, they have set a limit for you on what you are and what you are not. That is their issue. That is not a you issue. But people all the time will sit there and they will feel this overwhelming urge to say to you, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's not right for you. But what they're actually doing is they're actually talking about themselves and they're talking about what it is they can't identify with. So when we are sitting here and we are looking at being somebody who wants to buy a snowmobile, well, if you're in Florida, that's likely not something that you're going to do. But if you happen to live in one of the northern states or if you live in Canada or somewhere else in the world where they get snow, you know, far south or far north. uh, And yes, folks, it does snow in the far south and it actually snows in high enough elevations near the equator um, or, you know, at least closer to the equator than I am. 
such as Hawaii. Um, the big the Big Island of Hawaii gets snow on the top, and very rarely, but periodically, so does uh, the island of Maui, uh, up top of Haleakala. It is uh, is is quite the beautiful thing. But people will go back to this whole notion of, but this this is not you. You are not. Why would you? And what people often want to do is they want to create nice, neat boxes. And the box is meant to actually create conformity for themselves, not for you. I remember when I was going back to school to become a therapist. And so uh, very early on, my, my family doc said to me, and, and, and he meant it when he, when he said it, he said, and, and I, I have, have known Pete, he's been my family doc for a very long time. And he said, ah, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yep. He said, it's a very long road. I said, yep. He said, are you sure? Like, yeah, I'm not so sure, right? Like, it's again, what was he doing? He was trying to save me from his thoughts on me. People all the time will go, oh, my word, can you really do that? I remember when I hired Rebecca, people, and, and, and she shared with, with me that people would say to her, what do you know about the job? Well, the, the, the irony is, and, the, and the, the absolute most ironic thing about all this, um, is when, when I hired Rebecca, I needed Rebecca to do admin, admin stuff, and, I, and, and not, I'm going to rephrase that. The bigger thing she was actually hired for is these podcasts, because what I was looking for is, is somebody who want to learn, and learn with me. Um, I couldn't afford a hundred thousand a year for a sound tech, and I didn't have a sound studio, and I didn't have all these other things, and so I wanted, and I needed to find somebody who had inspiration within them, had a, had a desire to be part of something um, that was you know intended to help people grow and help people give back, and and yet people around her would say, "What." You shouldn't have that job. Why do you have that job? You shouldn't have that job. You you don't know anything about that job. You can't have that job. That job makes no sense for you. What are your qualifications? What about this? What about that? And yet, you know what? She she is the most overqualified person I could ever imagine for this job. Because her heart is so darn big and her brains are so darn big that the two of them want to gobble all this stuff up and learn and grow and do and be. So if she had listened to all those people who said... Man, run. No, this isn't for you. It would have been a terrible thing for me. It would have been a terrible thing, I think, for her. Maybe, you know, when I'm sitting there and looking at her going, I, I don't get this. Um, and and she wants to, you know, you know, tell me to shut up or something. Maybe in those moments, right? But overall, what she needed was heart and conviction to learn. True heart, true conviction, and true desire. She had that. She had that in spades. When we started doing this podcast, she said to me, she said, you know, the, the one we did a couple of days ago, she said, can you do me a favor? Can you talk less with your hands? And I'm like, if I put my hands underneath my bum, maybe, but I talk with my hands. And she said, well, you can't put your hands together because I hear this sound and I hear this and I hear that. These are all the beautiful things that, that, that she picks up that I don't hear. I don't see. This is her not listening to those naysayers, and this is her going, I am going to be the best version of me, and I'm going to trust that I'm actually being paid to learn. Absolutely wonderful. But again, all the time, 
back when I was doing my millwright apprenticeship, I already had machinist papers. And and most of my machinist was spent on uh, lays and uh, more conventional lays than uh, CNC equipment. And so I had a, a, a guy who worked at the college and he had walked up to me and, and we kibitzed back and forth about a lot of different things over, over the time that I was going there. And he uh, walked up and, and he showed me this this little piece of aluminum and and cut from inside this square block was another square block. And he looked at me and he, and he used to, originally what he used to call me is, hey, machinist, uh, because because I had those papers and, and so, you know, so it was this, this evolutionary thing. So it was, Hey machinist. And I'd be like, yeah, he says, yeah, you know, that conventional stuff you're so in love with. Yeah. Only CNC can do this. And I said to him, I said, do you really think so? He says, absolutely. So I looked at this block and I, and I looked at it from, from, you know, all six sides. So that's what's on a square, tossed it around. Right. And I was like, huh, and so about four hours later, I walked back over to him and I said, here. And I handed him one that I'd made that day. And, um, and the guy's name's John. John, uh, a lovely human being and, and um, was a huge inspiration to me while I was going to school um, to get my Melwright papers. And um, I don't know whatever happened to John, but I do know that, that he, I, I said to him, he said, well, you can have it back. And I said, no, dude, you can have it. I can make another one. And so I, I went on and ironically, it's, it's kind of funny because, um, you know, the limitations that we put on, uh, so he, you know, basically wanted to put a limitation on what a conventional machine can do and what a machinist could do without uh, computer programming. And I was like, yeah, all right, sure. Put a limit and I'm going to see what I can do to get around it. And, and it's ironic because I made, um, a couple more of those blocks, another one for another guy named John, uh, who I don't see, or, or and it's it's funny because none of these people actually are in my life life anymore. Um, and again, he looked at it uh, when I made him this one, and then a, a guy by the name of Dave, I made him one. So I don't know how many I made in total. Um, I've got one left that's my that, that I have. So I, I I I know that I made one for my dad, and I made one for for uh, these other three people, and um, and I think I gave one to the prof that I had. So I, I think all in total I made six or seven, most out of out of aluminum, one out of nylon, and um, because the one out of nylon, um, because it cuts different and because of uh, the the tensile strength and so on, um, the curiosity was could the same thing be done, and so sure enough, and uh, this is the beauty of when people put limits on, and I recognized very early in my life that. Often people would put limits on based on their knowledge and where they are, not based on you. So one of the very first recollections I have of this very, very clear understanding um, was uh, one of my sisters, uh, doesn't matter which one, but one of my sisters was uh, uh, cutting grass at the trailer park that my parents owned. And um, she buried the the mower. It was a, a, a... particular type of mower that's referred to as a flail mower and so basically it just rips off the tops of the grass it doesn't really truly cut it like a like a rotary blade does and um so she had taken uh this thing and buried it in the dirt and so it stalled the tractor 
And so instead of just turning off the PTO and doing the things that need to be done, uh, what she did is uh, she came up and she said, I, I, I can't move the tractor because she kept trying to start it with PTO engaged. And so I don't know how old I was, 11 maybe. And, uh, and I said, I, I can go down and move it. And so by that time, I was cutting all, I was running all kinds of equipment. And, um, but, but apparently, I, I didn't know enough. And I was clearly told, um, unequivocally, without question, without doubt, without anything, that, uh, no, um, I had to wait for, for Dad, uh, because only, only he would know. And then uh, I, I briefly saw him as I jumped on a golf cart, being who I am, and I hauled it, booked it to the back where, where this tractor was. And um, a, a little distance behind me was my dad and, and that sister, and they were touring. I happened to have jumped on the fastest golf cart as well that we owned. And I got down there, turned off the PTO, started the tractor, moved the tractor, turned the PTO back on, and continued to cut grass. I was not appreciated for that inspiration. I was not appreciated for um, for that spunk. I did nothing unsafe, and I knew what it was that I was doing. But, um, and I'm, I must have actually been more around the age of 12. But again, I was quite young, but I did pay close attention to people, and I was a quick study, and I did pick up on things very quickly. But because of this much older sister who was who was actually driving a vehicle at this time, uh, could not figure it out, did not have the ability, did not have the mechanical aptitude to, then it was deemed that neither could I. And as the youngest of this conglomerate of a family that one day there will be another podcast simply on, on what it means to be the youngest of, of the this group that, that uh, I am associated with, uh, this is the life. And people all the time will put limitations on you based on them. The limitations they will be downloading to you are their foundational limitations. I sat with with a, a client the other day who was talking about his mother. And I said to him, I said, what have you done since I saw you last? And he looked at me and he said, I've looked at the ceiling. I've laid in bed and looked at the ceiling. And his girlfriend had actually attended that session with him. And, and, I, and I looked at him and then I looked at her and I said, hey, when was the last time you kissed her? And he said, oh, um, an hour ago. He said, cool. Where were you? He said, oh, I was in her car. So I said, so you were laying in your bedroom staring at the ceiling at that time? I said, I'm pretty sure that the time that you've spent over the last couple weeks since I saw you last, you have actually done a lot more than lay there. But what he has done, because nobody listens to him and he doesn't have the, the, the spunk, the fight, the tenacity, the ridiculous attitude that I had as a kid, whatever it is that was missing, what he did and what he truly did is he has created a pattern of, I need to continuously tell people how depressed I am because nobody listens to me. Because limits can be going up and limits can also be going down. 
And so one of the things that I always have to be really cautious about is when I'm talking to people about their limits, understanding that people around us always want to put their conception of limits on. So as I use the example with the trasher, I was told that the limit exceeded me. It did not. As with Rebecca, Rebecca and I have have teamed together to learn more about podcast, technology, how to use the equipment, when to do different things. We have done this as a unified force, and we have done it together. She exceeded any limits anybody could have ever put on her. And not only that, but this young man who... The limit was he could not be suicidal. And when he became suicidal, even though he had continuously said, I need support, not criticism, nobody realized the depth, the limit did not exist. And the the depth to his anxiety and depression, how deep it was. And so whenever we are sitting there and we are listening to people and we are talking to people and we are reaching out and we are doing the things that we can do, please make sure that you do not spend time, energy going into believing that the limits that people put out are actually yours. Going back to uh, my good old family doc, Pete, great guy. Not that long ago, he says to me, he says, Rick, it's amazing how many times you've recreated yourself in the years I've known you. And it's amazing the success that you're having. Going back to the first conversation that I had with, that when he made a comment about, are you sure? It was about fear. Fear of failure, fear of not, not being able to succeed or achieve. Fear of all kinds of things. So whether it be in love whether it be in work, whether it be in education, regardless of what it is, please do not listen intently and take to heart limits that people put upon you because you will never actually truly know your limits until you actually are there. What is my limit? Academically, I don't know. I can't do verbatim memorization very well. And I also really struggle with with, uh, uh, phonetics and um, pronunciation and also with spelling. So there's lots of limits. I don't know how far I could do a workaround to get past all those. I don't know. What's Rebecca's limits? I don't know. What, What is that young client's limits of despair and limitless ability to go beyond? Our limits are uniquely ours. And anybody who's sitting there saying to you, oh, geez, oh, ho, ho. step back from that, man. That can't be. Ask yourself, if there is no risk to my life, if there is no risk to somebody else's life, if there is no alcohol involved, if there is no recklessness involved, don't be afraid to test your limits. Do it safely. Do it with intellect. Do it with the the assurance within yourself that you actually need to understand your limit. Again, don't do it foolishly. Don't do it with financial risk. Don't do it with other things. But what you do need to do 
is not listen to other people and their limits. Because those are the limits that they have for themselves. They simply want to impose them on you so that they feel better about themselves. So y'all, hopefully you can take something out of this podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully it's made you think a little bit. And let me just tell you again that please have yourself a wonderful, safe day. And I wish you all a fantastic and absolutely incredible day. And again, thanks for listening. Again, thank you very much. It's Rick Sherwood here again. Thank you very much. As I continuously say, really appreciate everyone who tunes into these podcasts. Uh, But please keep in mind, uh, all the information contained within these is not meant to be a supplement or meant to be a replacement for psychotherapy or for anyone truly struggling with mental health. Please reach out to uh, a therapist and somebody qualified to help you out. If these ideas trigger something within you where you need to do that and you're not sure where to go, by all means, please reach out to us. We'd be more than happy to. Uh, go to blacksheeprebranded.ca uh, and we can direct you in, un- in unbelievable different directions. Piracy, please don't pirate the information in this. It is proprietary. Uh, please also make sure that, uh, that you understand that this isn't about us wanting to be greedy about our ideas. This is us wanting to make sure that our ideas are uniquely and collectively kept as ours so that we can use them as we see fit and not how other people want to do it for their own piracy and their own benefit. Y'all be good. Take care. Bye-bye.